One o'clock hour here on a Wednesday. It's Cody and Gold. Thanks again to Kling for joining us. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Of course, one hour from now, we'll hand things off to the drive. Throughout the show today, talking about the Royal Stadium project, right? The baseball district, their intention to move away from Kauffman Stadium to a site in KC Mo, in downtown or near downtown, in the near future, all the timetable and all that still to be figured out. We'll get back into the stadium conversation. Some of the concerns that, that people have, the, the specific ones, including parking, the taxes, and things like that, and what that we already talked about, what that means maybe for the Chiefs and the future of Arrowhead. But let's just talk some Chiefs football for a little bit here. And, and this defense, I think all three of us would talk about the defense and say, you know what, it, it feels like you know they're doing a pretty good job this year. It feels like they're better than they were a year ago. But there is one specific area that was a problem two years ago that they said was a huge focus two years ago. Eh, fast forward now, different personnel and all that, and it's it's actually worse. They're bottom three, is that right? In the NFL in touchdown red zone percentage. I forgot. Oh, my. How long have you been? Like a week? Yeah, we're going to need actually, a, uh, we're going to have to make a graphic for the live stream of every time you do that. Let's put a big X through his like, face. What, whenever an X through my face? Yeah, like a wrong answer type thing. Okay. They're allowing a touchdown in the red zone 70% of the time. For reference, they are the second best in the NFL scoring a touchdown in the red zone gold, and they score 74% of the time. So they are as bad at giving up touchdowns as they are good at scoring them, which is not great when you're the second best in the NFL. I think that this is probably, like from the defensive perspective, as much as I am optimistic about them, and I remain that way, there are several troubling signs of things that I'm not confident can be fixed this season. One is this. Am I to just assume they will get better in red zone touchdown defense, even though they've been bad most of this year? They were below average, but barely, a little below average last year in that category. Bad the year before, which is why it was a focus for them a couple of years ago. I think some of it could have equated to like old slow defense before and inability to stop the run. And now it's inability to stop the run coupled with young defense who doesn't know where to be all the time. So maybe there's some reason to say optimistic because they're young and will figure it out. But 70%, the company they're keeping in there is why their points per game defense has not come to a level that we would find acceptable for a championship caliber team yet. Yeah, I think the the same conversation when we mentioned the turnover issues or or lack of getting turnovers. Look, the turnover differential, a lot of that has been the special team's mistakes as much as as anything, but also they're not turning teams over. And if you're not doing that, well, you're you're not getting that crucial red zone uh, turnover, right? You're, you know, you had in week two, Jalen Watson gets the pick six, wins the game for you. But if suddenly they were able to get some more turnovers, that likely would help this red zone percentage in its own right. Not to mention, I, I want to see if it balances out a little bit. Like they're not going to be a top 15 defense in the red zone. That's just not going to happen. They're already where they're at. However, can they still improve on that 72%, 70% uh, based off of the schedule? When you had one of the toughest schedules to start the season, you played almost every game except for the Jags against a team with a winning record a year ago. We know they have the second or third easiest schedule the rest of the way. I would like to think that will help the number improve a little bit. But, yeah, they're not they're not going to be suddenly a top 15 defense in that particular category. But I don't think they'll finish bottom three either. I mean, there's – Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I turned it off to talk to you. Twice in five minutes. That's a new record. That is. That's a first. As he was bragging, like, it's been a week. Five minutes isn't That is a first. Five minutes, probably. That's probably doing too much justice. I the 
it will get better conversations have to die pretty quick gold. Uh, we are halfway through the season. Like, I don't think they're going to finish third worst is like, I mean, probably not, but as it sits right now, it's not like there's that much. There's not as much time you, you don't to think improve that number going forward. You don't think that their opponents were much tougher in the first eight weeks? No, I think so. But, That's one but, area where you can improve. Also, okay, but they got to improve by 10% just to get to the top 20. Or the, you know, like, just to get to the top 20 in red zone scoring defense. That's why, what did I say, though? I said they're not going to get to the top 15. That's not happening. Yeah. I go, they're, they're not going to finish bottom three. That's all I said. I don't I think it's that crazy to think that they that they can improve from being a bottom three red zone defense I think maybe, still. Maybe what this ends up being is a conversation a little similar to what we did last year, which was, yes. I don't need them to finish top 12 at the end of the year. What I need them to be for the rest of the year is top 15. The stat you just gave is what I need them to be from week 11 till the end of the season, not beginning of the season to week 18. I don't care about that. I care about week 11 till, till the end. That's where you're going to have to show massive improvement. But clearly, some of the you issues that cause jo- those things are not yeah. going to get solved easily. Look, that bottom three is is, is not good enough. But you, you said you, it's, it's the company you don't want to be around. I will say, not that not that I want to be in the bottom three, but like you said, the, the company they don't want to be around. Thirty uh, one's Minnesota. They're they're eight and one. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are thirty. They're seven and two. Uh, the Dolphins are twenty ninth. They're leading the AFC West or the AFC East. So. Not that any of those teams want to be in the spot, but like the idea that like they're the only playoff team or good team that's in the bottom. Miami and Minnesota are two, two of the top four or five teams in yeah. football. But Kansas City and Miami yeah. are the 19th and 27th ranked defense in points per game. They could be yeah. significantly better than that sure. if they could make a difference in their red zone scoring defense. Honestly, kudos to Minnesota, who is somehow 14th despite that atrocious percentage of red zone, which means they're not letting teams anywhere near it. Because I did the math. Again, if they would have just been league average, it was around 56 57% of touchdown percentage, they would be like the ninth scoring defense do in we, the NFL do, right now. I honestly don't have the answer. Do we know what the difference in how many trips the Chiefs have given? Like, how many red zone trips have opponents actually had? We have a percentage. But, like, they're 30th, 70% of the time opponents are scoring. I just would love to know how does that compare to the team that's 20th that's at 58%. How many more or less? I don't know the answer. It may be the same red zone trips you know, the Chiefs have given up. I, I, I don't have it offhand, but I would say this. It's not going to make you feel good either way. Because you sure? I don't know. Well, I mean, if they're, I guess maybe you'd feel better if they were allowing less, but allowing that's 70%. What I, that's what I'm getting at. I'll tell you what it is. Um, oh, you found it. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, 30 red zone attempts. 20 red zone touchdowns okay. given up. Now, do we know? Where, okay, so let's, let's say the team that's 20th. So let's not ask any more questions. No, I'm just curious. We don't have any more answers. Can you look can up Cleveland? Can you look up Cleveland? I'm honestly just curious. Like, it, it may end up being that the Chiefs actually have had way more red zone trips. I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious if there's any correlation at all. If you looked up one, you can certainly look up another team, right, Nick? Yeah, but where does it <laughs> no pressure st- where, where does it end? You know what I mean? Cleveland. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it right there. Just look up that one, and then Nick, and then he'll let it Okay, go. Cleveland has given up 34 red zone only attempts. only four more. Okay. That's what I was trying to figure out. And 20 touchdowns. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out, if there was a huge gap or not. They've there given them the same number of touchdowns, but they've let the team in the red zone four, four more, more times. times. There you go. That's why their percentage is 58 instead of 70. Well, that's kind of how the math works. I love it when math works out like that. Do you? Makes it easier, doesn't it? When when you're looking at w- areas of improvement, though, because that's really what we're asking for, a young defense to show areas of improvement. Doesn't this feel like the one that's the one of the bigger stretches? Like, I know that you're saying, well, I don't know, but 
Like I, I can I was, see them improving against the pass or getting better against the run or, um, you know, being more, you know, we've talked about their low number of general turnover ability, which we can talk about, but those things, those seem seem plausible to me in the improvement hand in department. Hand if they get better pass defense. Well, I mean, that's help. just really to the red zone. They have to get better pass defense inside the red zone specifically. Right. But like, I guess, look, we can, every team in every market in every city can do this. Like, I, I think this defense is, is better than where they've been in the last year or two. I really do. Um, and yet we can always find stats that say they're not, or they are. I can pull up stats that say that they're better in this area. Like, this is again the 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 championship level problems that we're we're talking about here overall. Whereas we 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 can mention how great they've been doing getting after the quarterback this year compared to other years. We all agree about that. And then we can go and find a red zone touchdown stat that's not good enough. I know, but but that's when we're talking about that. Very simply put, as I had said earlier, if they are an average red zone defense, they are a top ten scoring defense, which means they have a top ten defense and the number one offense in the NFL. That's a Super Bowl. Like just that one thing. Not fixing anything else on the team. Just fixing one thing. Being a better red zone defense could be the difference in Kansas City between struggling to get a team off the field in the most important part of the field, like most teams do, and winning a Super Bowl. Because what you let up in those moments is inevitably what's been driving down their ability to keep scoring down defensively to a level that yeah, most championship think, teams have. Look, the numbers are the number. I just think there's always context that's needed. That's all. You know, I mean, like we, we can pull up red zone attempts. We can how many of those attempts occurred when the Chiefs were up late in the fourth quarter by double digits. How, like, honestly, there's there's way more to the story than just a flat percentage is all I'm saying. Sure. But I mean, it's half of the way into the season. Like, I'm not saying there's not more than one thing factoring into it, but they weren't good at it last year, and they weren't good at it the year before. I mean, can we at least admit that if there's two and a half years worth of evidence of a team not being particularly good yeah, they've struggled in, in the red zone defense? I, they've struggled in the red zone, but I, I would argue that's not why they haven't won the Super Bowl the last two years. They didn't lose in the, the Super Bowl to the no, Bucs because of their red zone defense. Because last year, they didn't lose in the AFC title game because of red zone defense. Two years ago, defense. it was the offensive line. Last year, it was, yeah. it was a defensive issue, but it was specifically in that game And it on was offense. the worst half of Mahomes' career. Makes no sense. Yeah, so, but I think this year's problem could be red zone defense because I don't see any issues on offense that are hanging them up. The Chiefs are allowing the 10th most red zone attempts per game in the NFL. There you year. go. That's the Which number. Which means they're was... also allowing teams in the red zone quite a bit, about, which is not great. That is about, I mean, you, you could do the math, but it's 3.3 red zone attempts per game um, and some of the defenses behind them it's you just look at some of these teams uh, Washington Chicago Carolina Detroit the Chargers the Giants the Falcons the Cardinals so not defensive juggernauts no see I actually like that to me that stats more meaningful teams are getting you're welcome teams are getting to the red zone on them more than all their opponents and they're being able to score. Hey, are like we still context. Keeping, are we still keeping track of score of points? Oh, here? you want a point? Well, yeah, over Cody. Cody didn't provide any context. Look what There's I did. A point. We can erase the weights and add the point scale on <laughs> Will the Will you whiteboard. give me a point for that one? Yeah, we each have one point. Gold has zero. You and I have a point. Gold has none. Well, you still got time. Fine. <laughs> you're not going to oh. point for just coming back with fine. That's not how you're going to get points in this game. That's another thing you can add to the video stream, Nick. I'd like a permanent total on the bottom of the screen of our point total. Can we get a, can we get, can we also get a button installed where Nick or any of us can just around the horn style, just mute you. You mute yourself sometimes already, yeah, but, I don't like, need that. but can we, can we just mute it? Like, you know what? Mute minus the live points. Stream? Minus, wow. minus two well, technically, points. Technically I have the ability now? to do Nick that can, at yeah, any Nick, time. Yeah. Nick can do that anyway, where it's like, no nope, negative one point, 10 second timeout. Basically. I don't know if we need that. I mean, that, that that's given me a lot of power. 
Yeah, and really just you. We can't ask I, engineering, who the last time we brought them up on the show was asking if equipment they gave us was defective, in which they were very defensive it was not, and that it was human error on me instead. I don't think we can ask them to, hey, would you mind? I know that Nick has all those buttons that turns everyone's mics on and off. Do you mind if we get those same mic buttons, but on this side? Like, why? Because when the other person says something we don't like, we want the ability to turn off their thing. And we both need our own separate set of buttons for the three mics. Just the three buttons, though. So, thanks. A little more context to that stat here. And I think what you'll find is more often than not, the teams that allow fewer red zone attempts per game allow a lower number of touchdowns in the red zone, i.e. they're good defenses. There are outliers like the Giants who are, I believe, bottom five in the NFL. They allow the fifth most red zone attempts per game, yet they allow the second least amount of touchdowns per game. But like the great defenses um, or the better defenses, Denver, Buffalo, the Rams, Dallas, Mm -hmm. those teams are all near the top of the league and not allowing them. And also once you get down there, they still don't allow you. That's what a good defense would do. But don't let you in the red zone and don't let you score when you're in it. So you can always always find (laughs) probably, you can probably find a hand. That seemed like you were patronizing me a little bit. I don't appreciate it. (laughs) You'll always find the outliers, like the teams who allow a lot of them, but then the, the, the bend, but don't break. But more often than not, that's not a strategy as much as it is an outlier. I think if you're a heavy turnover team, you can do that. Bob Sutton's defenses did that a lot. They were like 29th in yards, but consistently like fourth in the NFL in points allowed per game because they're a turnover team. If you have Eric Berry and Marcus Peters in your secondary, ball hawks who aren't necessarily And Tom and Justin Houston getting sacks that push people out, right? And that's just touchdown percentage, man. Like, I'm not even saying they can't score to a certain number, but could you just keep them out of the end zone? Like, can you occasionally keep them from, like, if a team gets in the red zone right now, you can seven times out of ten assume that that's going in for a touchdown against the Chiefs? That's kind of a wild well, first, number. Honestly, the, if they weren't having as much time of possession or long drives as they do based on the way their offense is set, that number could be, their well, points per game on defense could be worse. Wasn't it the first seven weeks last year there was, like, the running total on Twitter of every time an opponent got in the red zone and how it was like, it was, it was like, 100% of the time for nine, like the first five was, weeks or six yeah, weeks. Yeah, it was like the first yeah. nine for nine or something yeah. or yeah, 10 for 10. Like that was last year, that conversation. So, well, yeah. I don't like that the it Chiefs, keeps coming yeah. up. But the Chiefs saying, are like, at, it's, it feels weird because it's the bottom three, but last year felt way worse. The Chiefs are at 70%. The best teams in the league are around 40%. So there is a big, big gap between what the best teams are doing and the worst teams are doing. Real mixed bag here, by the way. That's a useful stat without comparing it to every other team. Appreciate the exhaustive research, Nick. Finally, a relevant stat. Yeah, that is that is a tr- compliment to me yeah, and a next to towards you. you. I don't know. Those around the same time you were giving both. I stand by it. <laughs> it's a weird hill to die on. Andy Reid spoke a little bit earlier today. You you heard from him, and you know he at least publicly is saying this running back by committee thing's going to continue, and that you know Clyde would have got more time, but the possessions he was out there happened to be the three and out possessions, and that's why it was Pacheco. I don't know if I buy that, but I I, I that. Clyde is still going to get playing time for this team. I, I don't think we're going to be looking ahead and that Clyde's just sitting on the bench getting six snaps a game for the rest of the season. I do think, truly, the committee thing is a committee thing. I, I Who the starter is, Pacheco. He's gonna, he, he's the starting running back. 
But I don't think we're going to see for the next four straight weeks that Clyde is getting six to eight snaps a game and Pacheco's giving, getting every other one. The only guy we know for sure is getting gonna get, is going to get snaps is McKinnon because, as Mahomes even was talking about, he's an unbelievable blocker. And for a running back, he's got some of the instincts, and they trust him as they should. He's fantastic. He's a great asset for this team, and they do like him in the passing game too. But Pacheco and Clyde, I do think there's going to still be some form of a rotation with these two guys. I don't. This is the action speech louder word. You know how many times they've told me they've got some plan for Sky Moore? They don't. They don't have some plan to play him more. They can say they have a plan I mean, to play someone more. The action for this season has been nothing but. You're telling me you want action. The action for this season has been nothing but running back by committee, essentially. I know, but I think that they clearly made the switch. Like, to switch me. Switch to the starter, yeah. Yeah, but I think. They did so that they, for two, so years switch, ago, two weeks ago. I mean. So they switched to Pacheco as a starter. And then now they've given him all the snaps essentially in a single game at the running back position. To me, those are the signs that are, we're moving on to there. Um, like, don't you think that that in itself, you think there's a chance that Clyde's going to have another like eight, nine carry game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only person who's seeing this way and yeah, they're paying a really bad hot, run I defense th- this think, weekend. I think they go hot so hand a lot. So there's no, there's no, re- and I get it. Like Andy's argument was, Oh, we were going to give it, you know, like he fumbled. So then we gave it to, we gave it to Pacheco again. And he said, Oh, we were going to give it to Clyde. And, and it just happened to be a three and out. He was going to get that whole drive, but it just, you know, happened to be a three and out. Well, but I'm, how many times I'm were you going to run it on that drive? I'm agreeing with you. I don't buy the last game that it was just, Oh, he happened to be the back on the three. And I don't buy that either. I'm just telling you that I don't think last week means that's how it's going to be the rest of the season. I think they truly will still find ways at times to utilize Clyde. It you, could be it could be this week or it could be in two weeks. Suddenly Clyde ends up running hard effectively in the first drive or two that he gets an opportunity, and they say they just stick with him because Andy does. When it comes to backs, he'll ride the hot hand. He has done that. But throughout. that's the thing. He can just do that with Pacheco. Pacheco has gotten 15 carries or if more he's in the three hot games. Hand. Hold on. But he's gotten carries. When he's gotten 15 carries or more in all three games, he's averaged more than five yards a carry. Pacheco is the hot hand if you just give him the ball. I'm talking about like hot I'm hand saying in it's the game. Determined. When people say hot hand, we're talking about in the game, though. There's a momentum feeling to that. Do you guys think there will be another game this year where Clyde leads the team in carries? No. In carries leading it? Eh, probably not. It'll be close, though. I would. I think there'll be a game where we talk about them almost having even split or Clyde finishes with more yards than Pacheco, yeah. Yards, maybe, but carries, no. Yeah. I won't concede I'm with you that. on the carries, yeah. But that's a that's quite a that's quite a leap from where we started the season. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean. Well, yeah. the second we made a big deal about it yeah. on Monday, they benched Clyde Edwards-Alaire for a game, essentially. He got six snaps. Yeah, that's it. Got targeted twice. They were both incompletions. Look, I don't do it go as far as, like, the tenth, like I, I don't think it's a coincidence that – the drives he were in on happened to be three and out. Nah, well that, but that, I mean, that, I think there were other was, things at play. I don't think just Clyde's only presence. Played four and two of the passes, one was not his. One was behind. It was open. One and was, was a bad behind pass. him. So yeah, that's that's that one's not completely Mahomes, fair. So Mahomes is sabotaging. Yeah, Clyde snaps. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Sorry, I didn't have reckless speculation <laughs> queued up. That would definitely fall into that category. That's for sure. I, I guess. Although I get, should we? We need some of these things to be visual, Nick. What are we gonna do for reckless speculation on the video Unbelievable. thing? Unbelievable! How many Come homework on. assignments are you gonna give me today? <laughs> so many. It's in its infancy, so we need as many things going on as possible, just for like you know, the fifteen people who enjoy watching this show on video. For now, maybe the bells and whistles will uh, bring more people in. The reckless speculation bell and whistle is gonna do it. Yes. Okay. I think for all 32, we shall wear helmets. 
Helmets for the team that we're going to talk about. So we should get 32 NFL what? team helmets. So just put a, how about store a hat? Why a helmet? You know how expensive store, that is? Store them How expensive that is? We're going to get 32 NFL what do you think, helmets. 32 team hats are going to be cheap? Way cheaper than helmets. Yeah, yeah, I do, actually. How about a t-shirt? Yeah, Cody. <laughs> Cody how was about a towel? So I brought up helmets. one idea. I brought up one idea about for the NFL whip around, which we do, which is sort of like barnyard country themed. That we could all just get those really cheap, you oh, know, four dollar hats, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then now that I should have never brought that up because now Cody wants to do costumes for every segment that we do. I I like for the trash idea. of the day. He wants us dressed up as trash cans. <laughs> we'll all no, we all get we'll all get Oscar the Grouch costumes. Random we'll questions that. of the day. We have to wear a right, black T-shirt cool. that has a giant question on One it. One thing yeah. you have Is to there... do in this break is okay. Go down to your car. Oh, check for that nutcracker costume so we can make Nick wear it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll check. Or Friday when we're need to do it during the break. Just do it after the show. I'll do it after the show. I, I don't remember if I took it out of the the trunk or not. It still might be sitting in there from last November or whatever that was. Whenever I did that, someone Hopefully says they watch. It might but, be Nick might get lucky though. I, I don't even know if like it might be all messed up. I don't even know if it's been in the trunk mangled? for a month. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. It wasn't exactly in pristine <laughs> condition the first time you wore it. No. I know the one thing that we don't have anymore is the the foot covers because those barely stayed on at the time when we first got them. So the foot cover things. So you just threw them away or what? Well, remember, they fell off in the middle of the night when we went out drinking. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I it's evidenced by the conversation that we're having now. The foot, they were like they were like felt like they they, they didn't even. Oh, it was like, kind of like laid on top of your yeah, shoe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good news is nobody in the video stream was going to see that out of Nick anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Coming up next, we will get to what's trending here on Cody and Golden. Back into the Royal Stadium and what that project could look like and what actually the biggest challenges are. Next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending uh, centers around the injuries with the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid spoke earlier today. You heard it here on 610 Sports Radio. McCole Hardman, uh, what they're calling an illness to his abdomen, which, again, everybody's kind of confused by that. It was injury last week, but they're calling it an illness to his abdomen. Also, as expected, Juju Smith-Schuster remains in concussion protocol, as does Chris Lamonts. And then MVS uh, is sick will not practice today. Those are the guys not practicing today. Good news, Frank Clark back from his suspension. Also, Andrew Wiley, despite leaving the game on Sunday, he's got a brace, Andy said, on his elbow, uh, but he is practicing and appears to be fine for the Chiefs heading in to this weekend's game out in L.A. Good that he'll be there, although I think Prince played pretty well under uh, considering the circumstances. A lot of this is, are you somehow going to be more hurt at the wide receiver position than the Chargers have been? up to this point and I don't think we'll have an answer to that till later on in the week. Next up on what training of course the biggest story in Kansas City the Royals announced further downtown plans and a long letter from John Sherman he talked about a two billion dollar project not all publicly funded by the way but just a two billion dollar project that includes office buildings hotels apartments shopping area and of course a stadium in or around downtown in the Kansas City area with their plans obviously moving a little bit forward. They said they're going to explore it and speak, maybe even have like, it might sound like they might have like a full-blown public forum over the concerns or conversations around it, but it, they're making it very clear. If they hadn't already, 
They're moving downtown at some point. Yeah, they will not be playing Kauffman Stadium uh, when or before that lease expires for them out of in that. In 2030? Is that Truman's when it expires? Sports. I think that is correct. I think, I think so. they'll we'll be in their new stadium long before same. that. I, I agree. And we'll talk more about this, this Royal Stadium project coming up right after What's Trending as well. Next up on What's Trending, because last night, if you stayed up, there was college basketball on still. Maybe you were up till midnight or so watching it. KU in the Nick Champions Classic. Nick showed up a little bit later than normal today. I thought maybe he uh, was I, enjoying that Kansas game a little too much. I was tired. It was the game because – so the Champions Classic last night, you had Kentucky and Michigan State goes to double overtime. Then you have the break in between. Then KU and Duke finally started, and so it was a late night if you stayed up watching that. KU got the win, by the way. They closed strong in that game. There was a crucial moment, uh, three what, three straight buckets, I guess it would have been, from Grady Dick. Uh, who was fantastic down the stretch for the team, and they close it out without Bill Self. Even though he traveled the team, Cody wasn't sure why he traveled, but he was there. Norm Roberts. Well, no, Cody was sure. It was to party. It was to party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Norm Roberts. Got extra time to party, that double overtime. KU stays undefeated on the very young season. Norm's team now, man. (laughs) They're undefeated. Without their guy, Bill Stapen. And beating a top, top, what, seven team? What was Duke it's ranked? Number seven, number six. Seven? Yeah, yeah, number seven, number six game last night. So Lastly, on what's training, a tough hit for the Philadelphia Eagles after their first loss of the season on Monday night. Dallas Goddard headed to the IR. He'll spend four weeks away from the team at least during this time. But on the other end, the Arizona Cardinals getting Hollywood Brown uh, designated return from injured reserve. So maybe they'll get him back on the field here soon enough. And Dallas Goddard on Monday Night Football got hurt on that play that there was a face mask missed. Yeah by the refs and that's what's brought up the discussion again whether or not you should be able to review uh, uh, personal foul type penalties player safety and personal foul penalties should they be reviewable um, I actually think they should I also think I agree with Bill Belichick that inside two minutes allow coaches to challenge those as well that's what's trending here on Cody and Gold of course we'll hand things off to CDOT in the drive here in about 25 minutes but uh, the, the number one story still in Kansas City today centers around this $2 billion stadium project. And again, it is a ballpark district that the Royals are, are proposing. They intend to leave Kauffman Stadium. And there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered. I mean, one, the, the, the final location, not determined yet. We know KC Mo and near or downtown. And we've seen it. four or five of the sites they're considering. Yeah, East, uh, East Village is one of them. There's a few others as well. That stuff that will have to be ironed out. They still have to... F- finalize the financing here. I understand uh, in the letter, John Sherman said, if you're a Jackson County resident, you're paying Jackson County taxes, that your taxes will not increase from where they're at. We'll see if that actually happens. I'm assuming that means an extension of whatever the current uh, stadium uh, taxes are, whatever they're getting already. Right. We'll see if that actually happens. $2 billion means there's money coming in from Jackson County taxes, ownership, the state, you know, the city, that, that's all the stuff that has to get figured out and how that gets divvied up uh, from the financial side of things. And I think there's a lot of questions just in general, like what does it ultimately look like? The plan is hotels, restaurants, office space, retail, residential. If you've been to a baseball stadium outside of this city, there's a decent chance it was a downtown stadium. Not 100, but there's a decent chance it was a downtown stadium. Most likely. You know? If you went to Pittsburgh or Cleveland, St. Louis, AT&T or whatever it's called now in San Francisco, yeah. um, yeah, they changed the name of that thing like eight times, Minnesota, like there's, there's, you know, and I'm not going to learn all the new ones. I don't care. Target field. That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think they're going to change it because targets started there. there yeah. So it seems unlikely that they're going to change the name 
Although, I don't know. After all those years, I guess I never thought it wouldn't be Heinz Field in Pittsburgh for the Steelers. And yet, it's not anymore. It's, I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. It's called something else. Acrisure? Is that what they were? I think, yeah. Sounds right. Is that right? Anyway. (laughs) Not really important. But when you look at what we're talking about in these deals, I think there's good and bad like anything else. I don't think that they're being completely disingenuous when they say, hey, it's a $2 billion project. We're not asking you for $2 billion. Because when you hear $2 billion project, you're like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Mm -hmm. You want me to pay $2 billion? We're not going to do that. And then we're going to have to what? Do a $3 billion stadium for the Chiefs? So you want us, Kansas City, Jackson County, to pay for five, pay $5 billion? Like, that's not what they're asking. I don't think that that, I don't think that's anywhere close to what they'll ask for these two stadium projects as they go on. But it's a big price tag. And I told you how I feel about publicly funded stadiums in general. And I don't think that we should have any tax burden. But I also understand that this is going to occur. I don't live, I currently live in Clay County now, not Jackson. So, uh, I've had the opportunity to vote for and paid the taxes relative, you know, like yeah. relative to those things, but I won't currently based on where I live, but I don't think I wouldn't vote for it just because I think you could probably privately finance it between major league baseball and the state and yourself. I think you could probably pay for it, but generally speaking, I like the idea of a downtown stadium. It sounds cool. Yeah, look, I- it seems like what progressive cities do and big league ball clubs do. And it seems like the kind of fun atmosphere that, most teams have adopted for this sport. Well, the questions are more than fair, but I, I, I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly excited. This is something that is not just the last two years suddenly came out of nowhere. This has been talked about for quite some time, uh, long before even really John Sherman. I mean, that was before John Sherman took over. This is something that baseball fans have acknowledged because they've seen where it's gone for the sport. These new stadiums are built downtown for the most part, and they're built with entertainment districts or ballpark villages, district, whatever you want to call it, a district, a village, whatever. They're only ever built downtown or like 40 minutes outside of city limits where they'll let them do all the tax stuff they're talking about. Yeah, typically. Like they go to Cobb County, right? Sure, down in Atlanta, yeah. Yep, or they go to Arlington, right? They moved even further out. I don't remember the city they even ended up with with the Rangers, but it wasn't even originally as close to the Metropolitan as they were before. That's the only two options. Go downtown or move further out of town. Nobody really builds new stadiums the way where the Chiefs is now, where it's 15 minutes outside of downtown or 10 minutes outside of downtown, but with no development around it. Hey, look, I, the, the scenario that I picture and the reason why I'm excited is it is that random Tuesday night, and you're thinking about what that night could be like other than just the baseball game. You know, you, you can go down there and have drinks or dinner before the game because there will be restaurants available yeah. right there within walking distance of the baseball stadium. Right now, we all know the setup right there at Truman Sports Complex. And Kauffman Stadium is a great place to watch baseball. Nobody's really disputing is. that. There's a lot of history there, no doubt. But we all know across the street is what? A gas station and a Taco Bell, a vacant hotel, and then a Denny's further down the road? Like, come on. We used to all and, go and meet at the Adams Mart to drive over, man. And Come on. Yeah, and they, they've had 50 years to develop that area, and it hasn't happened. It hasn't. That's the problem, is that you could say, and they said it would cost about the same to renovate Kauffman Stadium, and they said construction costs, which I assume would be rela- um, related to building things in addition to the stadium there, right? Like, it would cost us as much to just renovate the stadium and fix the concrete issues and all that. That's what they're saying. And yep. build yep. all the stuff around it, presumably, the $2 billion estimate that they're putting on it, as it would cost them to put there. 
And if you're doing that, I mean, it's just like some of these things are very simple, like progressive city things. And they're right. This is a little bit if you give the mouse a cookie. It's like, well, then how long yeah. before the Chiefs want a new stadium? Pretty much immediately, man. I don't uh, know how to break this yep. to everybody, but yep. if the Royals get a new stadium, the Chiefs aren't going to be like, cool, man. Ours is nice. We're fine. Actually, you know what, guys? We're, we're good here. We don't want a new stadium with all the cool <laughs> amenities and all the extra revenue we could earn. We're fine. And because think about it. Like, there are reports... Bill Plasky was reporting today that the Raiders wouldn't mind firing Josh McDaniels, but can't yeah, they don't because they're too broke. No, they don't have enough cash hands. flow to just get rid of their guy. I don't want my ownership in that situation either. It's just a matter of, you know, like the cost benefit I, analysis. And I always think that some of the like projections of how much economic impact it's going to have on the city and how many jobs it's going to create. I always feel like those numbers are a little inflated. I feel like they're based on these studies that nobody ever follows up on to make sure that it actually created that. And for the few people who have, it doesn't ever create what they say it will, but I don't doubt that it's good for the city and will create jobs. I just don't know that it's ever quite as big as they make it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look, you, you said you're not a fan of publicly funded stadiums. I don't know who is other than owners. You know what I mean? Like, so I, uh, I people are more tolerant. So, of, like so, you aren't a fan of it, but you'd still vote for it. Yeah. yeah that yeah. to me is the difference. No, I wouldn't. I, I know. But like you said, like, you, you said, I'm not a fan of it. Again, I don't know who's a fan of paying more taxes. So, I mean, like, so I, I, I so I understand. <laughs> I don't know. That. A guy in the text line earlier um, said, so, just tax me for everything. Give me all the new stuff. So Give me new Kaufman, airport. My point being is, like, streetcar, whatever. In this perfect scenario, you're right. Owners in the league should pay for every stadium. Unfortunately, we have seen, with the exception of, I believe, the Warriors stadium there in the There's Bay Area, us. Chase Arena. 100% pu- privately funded. Good for them. Good for that. Good for them for doing that. Unfortunately, that's the outlier. It just is. It's, it, it sucks because we do know the game plan, how this has worked in other cities, right? And it's always that. It's like getting swindled and it's, still it's, knowing it's, it's going to happen. It's sometimes. always that threat that's never really said fully because we don't, we know the reality, you know, that especially in, in, the these cities, the state line. in these cities where stadium projects haven't come together, teams have left. And I know that's, that sucks that that should even be a worry, but that is the unfortunate thing that's always like, Nobody, nobody says that, but it's, it's always it's always back there like, yeah. you know, you're going to have to you do this why? or else. They're not they're, they're not saying that, but we know what happens in these other cities where look at San Diego with the Chargers, look at Oakland with the Raiders. We do know what happens when, unfortunately, there is a, a, pub, you know, a public steps up and says, no, we aren't going to to pay for that. Those cities have lost their team. Yeah, and the, the Las is, Vegas right, we are Athletics on... will be playing there very soon uh, as a result of that. Although they did finally approve the stadium deal, and it turned out they were just trying to get out anyway. Yes. But it's, yes. so, it's again, it's not a bad thing. I think, overall, I'm for this plan. I really am. I like the general area of town they're thinking about doing it for. I could see why having a big collective area that people congregate in your city is good. Because I asked that question earlier. Where's the place in Kansas City that if a big group of people come into this city, where do they conglomerate on? And the answer is probably the plaza, an area that has very serious limitations in its ability to host things that way. Every time something cool comes to the city, like the draft, we take them down to Union Station, mm-hmm. but then we don't put enough around. There's like the crossroads is built up quite a bit. There yeah, are parts absolutely. of the town that have really grown quite a bit. Oh, but made, we've made great progress in the city downtown compared to where keep, it was 10 or 15. Exactly. And uh, that's where I'm, I'm with you on that. And, that, and that's the thing. Um, you know, there's, there are new challenges that can be presented by having a downtown ballpark district. There's no doubt. There's, there, there's a chance. Yeah. There, there could be on some nights, some more traffic. Yeah. 
Uh, th- there is a chance of that. Your your city is growing. There is a chance. Like you drove I, in Houston, how much worse was the traffic there than here? Oh yeah, it, that, so that's the funny thing is like our traffic's pretty good. So a little bit worse doesn't seem all that bad. We but. don't have traffic. You okay. refuse to acknowledge that okay. we have traffic at all. After living in we Houston, we have traffic. After living in Houston, <laughs> we don't have traffic. You want traffic? Go and look. By the way, don't want. I'm not saying I want to be Houston by any means, but like Houston has traffic. Chicago has traffic. L.A. has traffic. We don't have a traffic problem in this city. And the idea that 40,000 people on Tuesday night are going to a Royals game, we know that's not happening. So, like, the co- when, when Taylor Swift, now she's doing the Arrowhead tour, but let's say Taylor Swift's having a concert at, at T-Mobile Center, let's just say, and there's 20,000 people down there, and it's a little bit of a pain to get out of a parking garage, which still, compared to other cities, not that big of a deal. On a Tuesday night Royals game, they're – you, you told me the average attendance. Now, I hope the attendance goes up by having a new stadium and everything, but you told me the average attendance. It for the first right? year, for you sure. You told me the average on a Tuesday night baseball game. It was like 9,000 or something for a Tuesday night game. So the idea that suddenly you're just going to have 30,000 people every single night at a baseball stadium and it's going to cause all kinds of problems downtown is also not realistic, even in the best-case scenario for the stadium. Like, you want people down there, but the idea that it's just going to be so problematic and the, the, the parking stuff is always funny to me. Nick seemed very worried about the parking. He is, earlier, so. yeah. You know, you just got to have places to park, guys. Yeah. I understand. And I think that you guys, <laughs> you know, you guys always dream big, but you don't think about the logistics. You are so <laughs> obsessed with getting this downtown stadium gold. What yeah. if there's nowhere to park? I think there'll be... How are people going to get to already... the stadium? And once they get there... What do they do with their cars? Had you had you considered that? Uh, I think here's here's a couple things with that. First, one, improve public one, transit. Let's one, just start yeah, there. Yeah, I mean that that definitely has okay, to well, happen. Let's not in get general. too political, but go ahead. What? What? Because I said improve public that, transportation. That has to happen. I also think there's more parking downtown than people realize. Uh, just because you can't see it, literally see it from the street level. There's something called underground parking as well, and you can you can build up. That's the great thing about parking. Wait, you uh, can build believe, up? Believe it or not, parking. Buildings can go taller? Yeah, believe it or not, parking <laughs> doesn't have to be one giant 25,000 car lot. There, there's another down. We've like, been fooled. That, believe it or not. By that Arrowhead is, and Kaufman that, for that's years. That's not the only way to do parking. I know this is stunning, Nick, but y- you don't have to have one 20,000 oh. car lot. Hey, can I light up a grill underground? It's difficult, because you <laughs> once you once sent a tweet. From a parking garage at T-Mobile, complaining of the traffic in yeah. which you had to leave a parking situation yeah. that was difficult downtown. Are you no, I sure? Didn't pull it, I didn't pull a Dana you, Wright, and I didn't go live on no, and, and ask the cops for help or whatever. That's true. You did yeah. tweet about it, but no, you're right. You did not go full Dana Wright. Yeah, nobody, Nobody's saying that there won't be traffic leaving a game. <laughs> But the idea that it's going to be this huge nightmare. If there's going to be traffic, easy, I'm out. Think, if there's you, traffic, I'm out. We all go to Chiefs. We, we go to Chiefs games for crying out Nick loud. And Sunday. it takes an hour and a half to get out of that huge parking lot that's just so convenient for everybody. Well, that's because they've decided that you're only allowed to exit through two ways. Which is insane, considering the shape and exit numbers park. of the parking I lot. I just think there's more parking downtown already than people realize. Yeah, you know what? You might have to walk a little bit further. Yeah, that's true. And maybe and that, that might be inconvenient for people like downtown that gets like again i, I just someone should go Another to town, just get a pedicab or whatever i'm sure there'll be people doing that kind of stuff around it's an adjustment people sometimes can be afraid of change same way i'm there's people that are against the new airport whatever happened to just keep it like the new the airport same because, forever well that's <laughs> people like the old airport because it takes 10 minutes to get through security doesn't mean we should just not just keep the same old crappy airport and we didn't fortunately we're getting a new one in Please two don't months don't bad mouth the airport are you going to defend the airport? 
you know what? It's a dump. Planes come, planes no, go. The, tail I'm in, the tailgate I'm out. is the argument. Not that many planes come and go. Not as many as other airports. If I can't grill a pack <laughs> of Nathan's hot dogs, <laughs> when's the last time you tailgate at a Royals game, Nick? How many Royals games did you go to last year? This, this past Ooh. season? You're talking about this past season. Yes. The mo- this season. How right many have you gone the last five years combined? So the most recent season. Yes. That I went to. Yes. Yes. And we're talking Royals here. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Correct. If I'm, if I'm going to ballpark it, ballpark which, it. You know, no pun intended. How right? many? Because we're talking about the new ballpark, so there's a little pun there for you. Okay, so the pun was intended, noted. Uh-huh. Okay, so if I'm if I'm adding up all the games, I'd say it was roughly around two. <laughs> <laughs> so it was two. You went to two? That's most people, by the way. I don't think that that's yeah. an uncommon number. That's what's yeah. crazy to me about, like, the complaint about yes. the abilities. Like, yes. what are you going to go to? Like, two? Yes. Now, look, they're obviously the Royals are hoping you start going to more than two a year. But, yes, I got you. No, I mean, if every Royals fan went to a couple, I think they'd be fine. Because there's plenty of people who go to zero. Yeah, like, like every Royals. Yeah, I mean, that's we, that's like saying, like, if everybody in the city just decided to go to the game. Like, I, I, yeah, there's no way to quantify that necessarily. I, I don't know what in most fan most cities, how, what's, how many games an average fan goes to on a winning baseball team. Last year, I'm not faulting anybody. The team wasn't any good. The product it's, stunk. I guess that's a, a very simple question. I'm curious about the text line. 913-586-7610. You don't consider the tailgating experience at Kaufman equal to what no. you do at Arrowhead, right? No. It's I'm just not nice saying people that you don't have the ability. tailgate at uh, Kaufman. I'm not saying that never happens yeah, at a Royals not game. Not nearly as much, though. But it's not the <laughs> same experience. Because, like, to me, Arrowhead would likely, the new Arrowhead, would just be built where Kaufman is now. And that tailgating experience wouldn't change. That massive parking yeah. lot full of a gajillion spots and a mess getting in and out, that will still exist for you, just in a slightly different way. And yeah. the tailgating experience is something that Chiefs' ownership will be very mindful of. But it's not its not like the thing that you tie to the fabric of your being, I feel like, the way tailgating at Arrowhead is, right? Of course not. Yeah, no, the, the, the Chiefs tailgate experience. It's nice to have the ability if you want to, but I, there's far less people that are tailgating for a baseball game. Now, look, again, there is some above-ground parking that's going to be – nobody's saying that there, there's going to be flat surface lots downtown that already exist that I don't know what the rules are with all that downtown, but, like – Who's to say you couldn't still set up a, a small tailgate? Do you go to every – I think Kling brought up a great point this morning when he was talking about this. Like, Even if there's people tailgating at the Truman Sports Complex for a Royals game, it's not as if you're going and talking to everybody. You're still with your one group. So if I tell you there's a downtown lot that lets you Anywhere put out I a grill. Anywhere I can park, then yeah. If, and that lets you put a grill there. You can still gr- tailgate with your 10 friends. No, You're not going and talking to 1,000 people during your tailgate. That's not how I do it. No. no. Maybe Nick does, though. He seems the one to be most worried about this. Mm-hmm. Man of the anyway, people. It's gonna be it's gonna be okay. There's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. Sorry, I don't have a gonna, private it's shuttle be... that takes me up to the suite like you guys do. A private shuttle? Excuse me. Yeah. There's a shuttle that goes to the suites? That's I heard, new. I heard it was like a Maybach that come and it picks huh. you up and it Cody? drops you right off at the suite entrance. Cody was, I don't recall that. Only one <laughs> of us has been word. in the suite this year so far. Really? Just me? Just you so far, yeah. Wow. That's weird. That's uncommon for you. Yeah. I'm surprised you've only made you made it to the club level a couple of times. Yeah, but not into a suite, huh? Mm-hmm. No, not all of us are so status obsessed. Someone says Cody. Nick is what did mad. You sit, like row seven the other day. I don't know. I, I didn't count rows. You know, it was pretty far up there though. Someone says getting your ten friends the same parking lot will be the issue. No, everyone goes. They might have to block the walk a couple blocks to then meet you. One person hosts the tailgate and you go and walk. Everyone parks. One person has the tailgate stuff. That's what I would recommend. But thanks for hanging out with us. It'll be good today.
Really appreciate it, as always. We're back at it tomorrow from 10 to 2. The Drive coming up next. is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino, this football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets. First Jets game set that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.